expeditiously. Is that okay? First Samuel chapter 30, and I'm going to start with verse 1. Amen. To everybody here today, to all of my brothers in ministry, to all of these great elders and preachers, mothers, I love you all so, so, so very much. First Samuel chapter 30. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, we can just stand for the reading of God's word. First Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to cut the yard. Is that okay? As the old men would say in the preaching, I know what time it is. I'm just going to kind of cut across the yard. But there's a word that God has given me for us on this morning. First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1. When you have the word of the Lord, say amen. amen. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag. And on the third day, the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag, attacked Ziglag and burned it with what? Fire. And had taken captive of the women and those who were there from small to great. 
They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two sons, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, Lytus, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and his daughters. But David strengthened, King James says, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Verse 7, then David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And and Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all so David went and he and 600 men who were with him and they came to the brook Bessar where those stayed who were left behind but David pursued he and 400 men for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Let me just stop there. If you don't mind, look at somebody eyeball to eyeball. And I don't want you to say nothing if you're not ready for something awesome. But if you're ready for something awesome, I need you to prophesy into your own life this morning. Come on, grab somebody by the hand. Look at them eyeball to eyeball and say, neighbor, I'm going through something. But the reality is I've come too far to turn around now. Uh-huh. You can have your seats in the presence of God, but just touch yourself and say, I've come too far to turn around now. I just believe that that is a word that I'd like to share in the house. This morning, my assignment is to encourage someone on the brink of giving up. It is uh, to speak to somebody that is thinking about relinquishing their purpose or, or boycotting their dreams or their potential. I've come to the reality that difficult moments and a myriad of challenges create a case for withdrawal. I also deduce that many abandon success because they shirk sacrifice. And I've come to the reality where there is no sacrifice there is no success but you have to come to a place that greater the risk greater the reward some of you have to realize that the only reason why the enemy is coming at you so tough because he's had a chance to see other people get blessed like you he understands that if God did it for you then God will do it for somebody else he understands that if you ever get to your place of miracles and your place of breakthrough the world will never be the same today I'm talking to somebody that's going through some stuff and you feel like giving up. God told me to tell you this is not your time to bend, to break, to bow. God says I'm getting ready to bless you beyond measure. God told me to tell about 50 folk this morning that you are not in your breaking point. You are at your making point. If you don't mind, tell somebody I'm not at my breaking point. I'm at my making point. That's why sometimes God's take pressure and he'll allow pain and he'll allow disappointments to hit you on the left and on the right so that you can walk away from the situation and 
might say I take a licking and I still keep ticking. I've been through some stuff, but I know for myself. Anybody can say that this morning? I know for myself. I know he's a healer. I know he's a miracle worker. I know he's a deliverer. I've seen him do it. I've seen him bring me through. I've seen him bring me out. And I came to tell somebody this morning, this is not the time for giving up because God is moving in your atmosphere. Many people will never see miracles or experience mighty acts of God because they are not willing to go where miracles take place. I need to help your theology this morning and your bibliology because many people believe that God is just going to show up on accident in your situation. But I've come to find out that nobody gets a miracle sleep. Everybody that gets a miracle, they are awake. They are calling out and crying out to God. I hear blind Bartimaeus right now. Somebody told him, shut up, boy. You blind. Stay back here in the back. He said, I can't see, but I feel something in the atmosphere. I've come to tell about a hundred folks just because you can't see it doesn't mean that God is not about to do it. Just because you can't feel it don't mean that God is already doing it. I've come to tell you it's not in a feeling. It's in your relationship. That's why you got to stand flat-footed and say, for God I live and for God I'll die. This is your season. This is your opportunity to be everything that God has called you to be. Jesus never works miracles in one's comfort, but Jesus works his best miracles in the areas of complexity and chaos. He works his miracles in controversy and adverse climates. So if you are in an awkward situation, you are a prime candidate for God to work a miracle in your life. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and we don't stand or sit by faith. Faith has to be an action word. Faith has to be something that moves you from where you are to where you need to be. And sometimes you got to move even when you don't feel like moving. Sometimes you got to trust God in places where you can't trace God. Even when your money is funny, you still got to tithe and stand on the principle. Even when your family members are walking away from you, you got to say, if I got to go by myself, I'm going to go by myself. Sometimes you got to look at your spouse. Even when you got a person like Joe's wife that tells you to curse God and die, ain't nothing going to happen. You still got to know that God is still God, no matter your situation. Look at somebody next to you and say, he's still God. Well, many times turning around equals defeat or forfeit. Uh, You cannot abandon your assignment in this season. Uh, Sometimes you got to see that God cannot fail. Uh, And if Christ is in you, uh, then you have everything you need to be successful Uh, because God is never going to make a withdrawal uh, where he has not already placed a deposit. Uh, So if you are going through something, uh, it just means that you have the fortitude and the tenacity uh, to make it at the next level. Uh, You don't get thrown into the fiery furnace uh, unless God is going to step in with you. Uh, You don't get put into the lion's den uh, unless God is going to be there with you. Uh, So I came to tell somebody this morning, uh, you're not going to have a nervous breakdown uh, because God is with you. Uh, You're not getting ready to go postal uh, because God is with you. Uh, Don't you cuss and don't you cut uh, because God is with you. Uh, Don't you look at anybody else uh, for validation, uh, but the Holy Ghost is giving inspiration. uh, 
because I got something on the inside that's working on the outside. That's why you never allow what's going on around you to begin to destroy you. You got to understand that as long as I got breath in my body, as long as I got a praise on my lips, I got power that you can't see. God is living inside of me. I can fight any enemy because God and me, Bishop, make a majority. Look at somebody and say, we gonna make it. How can you tell me we gonna make it? One puts a thousand to flight. Two puts 10,000 to flight. You can't die on this row. This is a blessed row. Go on and look up and down your row and say, this is a victory row. And since you sitting on my row, there's a miracle that's coming out of me. There's a miracle that's jumping on you. I need somebody to open up your mouth and give him a quick praise. You all have a seat. Let me work with the text for just a few moments. Now look at this here in the text. David has taken all of the men to fight and no one was left in Ziglag. When the Amalekites had invaded the city, uh, the invasion was unexpected. Uh, it is here now that the Amalekites took the women and the children, and they did it by surprise. The goal of the enemy is to hit you in places where you are vulnerable and where you are weak. And usually the devil is never going to announce that he's coming. He's always going to come by an invasion. It is always going to be a setup. It is always going to be a place where you are weak. And it always happens at the wrong time, but it's the right time. Watch this for a moment because invasions happen when you least expect them. I've come to find out here uh, that they have had a home invasion uh, but I believe that there's somebody in the church this morning that has had an invasion it is not a home invasion it's a mind invasion cause if the devil can ever get in your head he'll always have your hand the devil can manipulate your thoughts he'll always have your actions that's why you have to be careful because what the mind can conceive, the body will perform. Uh, that's why the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Uh, that's why you got to be careful of some of the stuff you watch on TV. Uh, some of the stuff that you look at on social media. Uh, Sometimes you got to block folks off your timeline uh, because I can't be exposed to everything. Uh, my grandmama taught me early in life uh, that evil connections and, uh, will corrupt good manners. Uh, Sometimes you got to sanctify yourself. We don't talk about sanctification like we used to, but sanctification means I got to be set aside. There's a difference between sanctified and secular. Secular means God has been secluded. So I don't want to be anywhere where God is not. I got to be careful because as long as I'm under the umbrella of grace, God will begin to move in my atmosphere. Some of us are having joy invasions. Some of us are having peace invasions, financial invasions, marital invasions. It is often overwhelming because you never see it coming. Therefore, it takes you by surprise, leaving one stunned. And whenever you get exposed, it's embarrassing. You're confused and you're terrified all at the same time. Look in the text. If things could not get any worse, not only do the Amalekites invade Ziglag, but they burn their homes down. 
their places of comfort and their places of safety. Burning of your enemy's home was the ultimate sign of disrespect because it leaves the person with just a shell of what was. Ashes of valuables and keepsakes, leaving one empty. Burning was a war tactic. It was to send a message. It was the ultimate insult because it destroyed the possibility of repair and reconstruction. It is the goal of the enemy, my friends, for you to be burnt down that's why you should never burn out believers we don't burn out because we are not operating on wood we're operating on anointing whenever you have the anointing of God in your life you ought to be able to go through some stuff but when you are operating in your flesh flesh will always burn out flesh will always wear out I'm not saying you don't need a vacation I'm just saying now that when you are in the anointing of God the anointing keeps you from burning uh, it is here now that we understand if somebody's here this morning uh, and you have had some things burned down in your life uh, I want to reference you to Isaiah 61 and 3 uh, to console those who mourn in Zion uh, to give them beauty for ashes uh, the oil of joy of mourning uh, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness uh, that they may be called the trees of righteousness uh, how many of you all know that God will take your wrongs and make them right uh, let me move on my beloved it is here now that not only have they invaded the area not only have they burned down the houses but to add insult to injury they have kidnapped all of the women and the children come on brothers do I have any baritone and tenor brothers up in here that would agree with me that you can mess with me but whatever you do don't you touch my family it is here now that we find that they have not only invaded the area not only have they burned down the house Houses. They have kidnapped the wives and the children. I'm finding out, Bishop, that we are looking in a society where the enemy has not only come in and invaded, not only is the enemy burning things down, but it is trying to destroy the family structure and the family systems. Because when you've destroyed the wives, you are now messing with the favor that God gives to the man. For the Bible says, He that findeth the wife findeth the good thing. And obtains favor with the Lord. That's why you got to understand your place, your purpose, and your potential. Because God now has setting us up for miracles and for blessings, but they have kidnapped the favor. You can take all my money, but don't take my favor. You can take my house and my car, but whatever you do, don't mess with my favor. Pastor Stephen, what you mean they can take your money? What you mean they can take your house and your car? You can take everything out of my life, but please leave my favor because favor will kick in when money steps out. Favor will kick in when people walk out. See, I'm not worried about a direct deposit. I just need a divine deposit because as long as the Holy Ghost is working for me, can't nothing else work against me. And if you do try to come against me, every tongue that rises up, favor will condemn. Anybody got favor working on you and working for you? The next thing that they kidnap are the children because the children are the future. The enemy wants to take your future. That's why you got to be careful what you do tomorrow because it's going to affect you. You have to be careful what you do today because it will affect you tomorrow. 
There was a reprieve in the text, though. Look at the text. The Bible says that the Amalekites did not kill anyone. But now you have to allow me to put this in perspective because we have the benefit of reading the story on the other side. David and his men did not know that his wife and his children were still alive. Therefore, the Bible says that they begin to sob and, and weep bitterly and uncontrollably uh, because things many times will cause you to be overwhelmed, uh, but you've got to always realize that it's not what it looks like. Just because you and your wife and your husband are not talking right now, it's not what it, it's not what it looks like. Just because Pookie right now got a blunt to his lips and got cornrows in his hair, he's still a prophet in process. Y'all not talking to me. I'm from Inglewood. What you got? West Side. But today I talked to Pookie. Even though he has a blunt on his ear, some cornrows, it's not what it looks like. Even though Nene, she, she, she's a little fast. She's moving a, a little faster than you want her to look like and move like and her skirt's a little high. You still got to understand that she's a prophetess in process. You still got some struggles too. And you got to realize that you're not everything that God wants you to be yet. So just be patient with me because God is not through with me yet. So you got to realize even when you struggle, even when you have challenges, even when you fall down, it's not when you tell somebody it's not what it looks like. They thought that they were down to nothing. I need to give this to somebody. Even though when you feel that you are down to nothing, know that God is always up to something. I need somebody to tweet that, text that, put it on social media. Whenever you are down to nothing, know that God is always up to something. The text specifically mentions the David's two wives, uh, Abigail and uh, Ahinoam here. The, 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 the text speaks, and, 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 and Elder Charles, I wanted to know why uh, did, did the Bible mention uh, the two wives of David and his children? I thought everybody was included, uh, but he had to be, begin to speak to leaders. How many leaders in the room? He had to begin to speak to leaders. He had to make sure that we understood that we hurt too. There's so many people that say, I want to get out of this. I, I wasn't called to do ministry. I don't want to have anything to do with ministry. You got to understand that you were not, uh, it was not called to you. You were called to it. Because for many of us that are preaching, for many of us that are leading, you would all agree that we didn't ask for this. I have any choir members say, I didn't ask for this. But if I don't get up here and sing, I'll be singing when I don't want to sing. I'll be dancing when I don't want to dance. Because there's something that's working through me. And sometimes you have to help people in places where you hurt. But I've come to tell about a hundred folks here, here, in here, if you don't give up, God will show up. Will you help me preach that? Will you tell somebody that on your row, if you don't give up, God will, God will show up. Uh, well, let me hurry here. The Bible says, uh, the Bible says here, now the men began to weep. Uh, and all of a sudden, while they are weeping, uh, the Bible says that they cried themselves out. Uh, and all of a sudden, they look at the leader and say, well, let's kill him. How is it that people that sleep on your couch want to come for you? How is it the people that borrow money for you want to come for you? How is it the people that you pick them up, take them out, you pay for the tab, but they want to talk about your car, they want to talk about your house? But I've come to the reality that hurting people will hurt people. 
They don't mean no harm. You just have to be careful. That's why whatever you do, you have to do it unto God and not unto man. It is here now that they look at stoning David. David becomes distressed. And it was amazing to me that David was not distressed when he lost his family. He was not distressed when he lost his kids. He was not distressed when his house burned down. But when his brothers talked of stoning him, he became distressed. The people that he loved the most, his ride or die crew, when they began to look at him to stone him, he says, wait a minute, my family's gone just like your family is gone. Why would you want to kill me and I've done nothing but love you? Bible says David became distressed. David got depressed. I've come to tell you that opposition is only an opportunity for an omnipotent outcome. Came to tell somebody this morning that don't you worry, God is up to something. Well, let me hurry now. The Bible says uh, that while David was distressed, uh, he had to take a few steps back, uh, and David had to begin to go into his own personal self. Uh, sometimes you got to pull away from other people uh, and just have a little talk with Jesus. Uh, the Bible said that David didn't ask nobody else. Uh, he just said, "Let me back up here. Uh, let me take a few moments uh, and get myself together." Uh, the Bible says while David was talking to himself, uh, and they were looking at stoning him. Uh, David said, wait a minute. Uh, are you the same little boy uh, that came up to Goliath uh, and told Goliath you was going to stone him uh, and knock him out? Uh, aren't you the same fella uh, that cut off Goliath's head? Uh, aren't you the same fella uh, that stood up to the lion? Uh, aren't you the same fella uh, that took out the bear with your bare hands? Uh, aren't you the same fella uh, that was able to stand up uh, and declare that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. David said yes I'm that man. Yes I did that. Me and God did it. Sometimes you got to remember how far God has brought you and if God has been keeping you God the Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you but he'll be with you always even until the end of the age. Somebody this morning you need to pull yourself together and remember how good God has been to you and where God has brought you from. And the Bible says that David began to encourage himself. I can see David beginning to bounce. He began to say, God, I thank you for everything you've done for me. God, I thank you for every time you brought me through. God, I thank you for how you kept making a way out of no way. And then all of a sudden, while they were having a memorial, David started having a praise party. David started having a worship symposium. And while David was thinking, can y'all see them here? The men had stones. They were getting ready to stone him. The men were looking at him sideways. They were throwing a little shade. And they were looking at him sideways. But David was over here in a corner saying, God, I thank you. God, I bless you. Sometimes you got to have your own praise party. Sometimes you got to go in your own position. Sometimes. You got to pull away and begin to talk to Jesus. And all of a sudden, David said, bring me the ephod. I came to tell you, they put the ephod on David. David changed clothes. And when he changed clothes, he changed the atmosphere. I came to tell somebody.
fire. Let your praise change your atmosphere. Let your praise change your position. Let your praise change your altitude. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, he asked the Lord, Lord, shall I go? And if I go, will I get back everything? And the Bible says that God told him, get on out of here. Go and get your family. I just came to tell somebody, it's your time to get everything that the devil has stole for you. Is there anybody here that's ready to go get it? Well, get your praise. Get ready here. Do you have a thank you, Jesus? Do you have a hallelujah? Well, he says, hey, fellas, come on here. Let's go get our family. And 600 men, they start moving. They start marching. And they got to the brook, the brook called Bessoa. What happened, Elder? When they got to the brook, y'all read it when you get home. The Bible says that 200 men cried until they was too tired. <laughs> they was right at the river to where they needed to cross to go get their family. But they got to. <laughs> they start having a pity party. <laughs> Why me, God? Why my situation? They were so tired. The Bible says they were too tired to go get their families. David said, y'all going or y'all staying here? How many of y'all want to go get your family? The Bible says, the mm. Bible says, the Bible says that 400 men looked at each other and they said, I've come too far to turn around. I'm going to get everything. I'm going to get my family. I'm going to get my joy. I'm going to get my breakthrough. And since you don't want, since you don't want to go, I'm not only getting mine, but I'm getting yours. Is there anybody here that said I'm going, I'm going to the next level in my praise. I'm going to the next level in my worship. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's my season. It's my time. It's my opportunity. Open up your mouth and give him a praise. Everybody stand. I got to stop. Y'all just stand. I got to just stop. Bishop, the Bible says, can y'all see them 400 brothers? Bible says when David got into the field, he was coming upon the Amalekites. And he found a boy in the field. Bible said David took that boy, he said, listen, where's everybody else? You want to die? He said, no, sir. Where's everybody else? He said, Mr. David, 
They over there. And they got your wife, your kids, and they having a party with your stuff. Bible says, David said, let's go and get them. And while they was partying, Bible said, while the devil and the enemy was partying, here come the soldiers of God. I just want to find out, are there any soldiers in West Angeles that say I'm going, I'm going to get my stuff. I'm going to get my praise. I'm going to get my favor. I'm going to get my family. I'm going to get my finances. And they recovered all. Somebody say all. Everybody stand, I gotta quit. I've come too far to turn around now. Giving up too much. I've gone through too much. Cried too long. I've come too far to turn around now. Looking at some of you sick, challenged. You've come too far to give up now. If I die, then let me die. Just want to be in the army of the Lord. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, if God be for you, who can? Who can? Tell somebody I've come too far to turn around now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I got a few more points, but I just need to stop. One thing Bishop taught us is decency and in order. There's somebody here this morning you're on the cusp of giving up. But I pray that the word of the Lord spoken to your spirit this morning. You cannot break down. You must break through. Losing for you is not an option. Too many people prayed you through. Too many people have been interceding for you. Giving up is... Not, it's not an option. Can you all imagine the faces of the wives and the children when they saw their daddy, when they saw their baby coming? Ooh, ooh. I can see Sister Blake. I love watching her sitting there when Bishop be preaching. Bishop would get, child of God, Sister Blake. <laughs> He had a hammer. It's your time. Preach, Bishop. Can you sisters see those brothers coming? For Them sisters start saying, that's right. My man gonna get you. Can y'all see the little boys? That's my daddy. I told you my daddy was coming. I told you daddy was coming for us. I don't have time, brothers. I wish to talk to you because we got to go get our kids in the streets. It's going to take real men to go get boys. Because whenever we send boys to do things of men, it always comes out elementary. But I won't, I won't bother that today. But there's some men that need to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This morning, there's somebody here 
you've been cutting yourself. Somebody here, you're suicidal. Somebody here, you're depressed. Somebody here, you don't understand why your family turned their backs on you. You don't understand why the climate and the condition would be so adverse to you. You don't understand, I didn't do anything to anybody. I didn't do anything to deserve that. Somebody here that's been abused. God says you're still going to be an awesome woman of God. You're still going to be an awesome man of God. Just because it was done to you doesn't mean that it made you. But you're going to defy the obstacles that have been thrown in your way. Because you're greater than it. Because God is greater in you. You've come too far to turn back. Now, there's somebody that you've been wrestling. There's a young lady I hear in the Holy Ghost. You've been saying, I'm trying to do the Jesus thing. There's a young man saying, I'm trying to do the God thing, bro. But, you know, it's easier for me to go back to what I came out of. It's easy for me to go back to selling dope. It's easy for me to go back to doing those things that I know how to do. I'm trying to do the Jesus thing. I, young man, young lady, you've come too far to turn back now. There's somebody here, you're vacillating between two opinions, whether you should stay in ministry or whether you should get out of it. Listen, you're anointed. Get over it. The anointing of God is all over you. It oozes out of you. You've come too far, my brother. You've come too far, my sister, to turn back now. There's somebody here that's not saved. Every head bowed. If you're here this morning, you would say, preacher, pray for me. I want Jesus. There's somebody, you left your neighborhood. You left your home to get to West Angeles. You came for Jesus. You've come too far to turn around now. This is what you came for. If you're here this morning and you're under the sound of my voice and you know you need Jesus, you have some areas that need to be corrected in your life. You have some things that you need God to fix. God loves you. There's nothing you've done so bad or so wrong that God won't come and fix you and love you and put you back together again. You've come too far to turn around now. If you're here this morning and you want Jesus, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. You may need to accept the Lord for the first time. I just want you to slip up your hand right where you are. I'll pray for you right at your seat. If you're here this morning, you would say, preacher, pray for me. I want Jesus. I see that hand. There are about 50 other folks. You need to lift your hand. Come on, lift your hand all over this building. Let me pray for you right at your seat. I see that hand, my friend. I see that hand, my friend, all the way in the back. I see that hand. I see that hand, my young lady. I see that hand. Hands are going up. Come on. I need Jesus. I've kind of fallen off. I faltered from where God has brought me from. I need to get back on track. If that's you, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. Lift your hand. Christianity is not how well you told a Bible, it's how well you can live it. If your life is not conducive or parallel with the word of God, then you may need to lift your hand. If you're here this morning, lift your hand. Preacher, pray for me. I need Jesus. I see that hand, my sister. I see that hand, my sister. Somebody else, lift your hand. Come too far from where I started from. That's good. Nobody told me that the road was going to be easy. Uh-huh. It hurt me, but it helped me. If that's you, lift your hand. Lift your hand. 
Lift your hand. I see that hand, soldier. I see that hand, my brother. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every hand that's been lifted. God, I pray that you would transcend and transform. God, I pray that you would create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Wash us, oh God, that we might be water than snow. God, as you said in Isaiah, come, let us reason together, though our sins be as scarlet. God, you said that you would wash us and renew us. God, you said if any man be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things can become new. And God, I pray for newness of life. God, thank you for bringing us to this point. Thank you for bringing us to this place of miracles and manifestations. And we pray that you will complete the work that you have started in our lives. Everyone say this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for all of my sins and the wrong that I've done. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I confess Jesus Christ as Lord who died for me was buried for me rose again for me that I might have life and that more abundantly thank you Lord for changing my life and as of this moment I am saved and I will serve you for the rest of my days in Jesus name somebody ought to give him a praise